It's slim pickings this week, dude. It, it was slim pickings, but you know what? We picked them, and they are slim. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I can't with you. Welcome in, everybody, to the <laughs> Panther Pod. Uh, we got a few games lined up for you. Uh, obviously, you know, it's uh, Florida LSU, big-time rivalry in the SEC this week. But that's not the rivalry game that we saved for last. Well, But, but real quick, Cole, um, I don't know why, but when I Googled this, it kept popping up Florida State versus LSU. I'm uh, looking for something to throw at you that won't hurt. That won't hurt. Ow, no, guys. Wait, hold on. Let's see if it's a nat 20. Yeah. Is it a nat 20? No, it was a 7. It ah. was a 7. Come on. You Ball can't hurt. even hit me correctly with a dice. Lame. Come on. Already throwing things. Well, at least I'm not fumbling things yet. Does DeBoof have their card tonight? DeBoof. DeBoof does have his card tonight. Welcome in, Ladies JTC. All applause. Yep, applause. Applause for JTC. Applause. Shout out JTC and DeBoof. He does also have a, a JMU shirt on. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. Oh. Oh. Um, but for that, I'm Owen Spunnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is the Panther Pod. Okay, so it's already a lively Panther pod. We're throwing stuff at each other. We're doing this. We're doing, you know. Yeah, and that was just the start. <laughs> and that was just the start. Um, kicking things off, we are taking things to the ACC. Uh, in the cross-state rivalry, is there a rivalry name for this? Oh, uh, there is not a rivalry name for this, but it is 100% a, a big rivalry. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Florida State versus... Miami, Miami, uh, the U, the U, University of Miami, uh, University of Miami is quarterbacked by Tyler Van Dyke, uh, 2057 passing yards on the season, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Florida State is quarterbacked by Jordan Travis, 2469 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, two interceptions. Jordan Travis for Eisman. Um, Florida State <laughs> leads in points per game, passing yards, uh, opposing points per game, and opposing passing yards. Uh, Florida State's putting up right at 39.6 points a game. Miami's putting up 32.1. Florida State's putting up 303 passing yards a game. Uh, the U is putting up 269. The U is leading in rushing yards in uh, per game, however, 176.6 to FSU's 164. Um, Florida State is also keeping opponents to right at 17 points a game. The U is giving up right at 20. Um, Florida State has a better pass defense than the U, but the U is only allowing 89 rushing yards a game. Um, This should be a marquee matchup between Tyler Van Dyke and Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is clearing away the better quarterback in this matchup. Absolutely, 100%. But Tyler Van Dyke has been solid for the Hurricanes all season long. Uh, We'll see if that continues in this game. Uh, Currently on the season, Jordan Travis does have 26 total touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has 17. Um, However, a lot of this has to do, um, or actually, excuse me, looking at their last five games, Miami is coming off of a loss uh, to NC State. Um, Kind of an embarrassing loss as well, 20-6 there. 
uh, close win over UVA, uh, 29-26, win over Clemson, 28-20, and then two back-to-back losses, 41-31 to UNC and 23-20 to Georgia Tech, the game where Miami definitely should have won that. Uh, Florida State, still undefeated. Um, last weekend, they went to Pittsburgh, uh, beat Pitt, Sweet Caroline, uh, 24-7. to Beat Wake Forest forty-one to sixteen. Beat Duke thirty-eight to twenty. Stomped Syracuse forty-one to three, and stomped Virginia Tech thirty-nine to seventeen. Uh, Florida State's living out every West Virginia's uh, West Virginia fan's dreams with wins over Pitt and Syracuse and Virginia Tech. In yes, one could have been us last year if you know we had beaten Pitt and Virginia. But uh, you know what? We're, we're moving on. We're not talking about last year. Uh, anyways, continue. Um. <clears throat> This is in <laughs> this is in Tallahassee uh, at Bobby Bowden Field. Um, I am going to do the safe thing here and pick Florida State. I'm also going to pick Florida State, but I think what. Um, and oh, sorry. Um, one last thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, odds: the spread is fourteen and a half in Florida State's favor. Um, and the over-under is 50 for this game. Miami has a 17% chance to win. Florida State has a 83% chance to win. Yeah, give me the Seminoles. I'm also going to take the Seminoles for the fact that Miami can't stop the pass. Yes, the, their, their, the rushing yards, are they're, they're able to stop the run, uh, limiting teams on average only to 89 yards a game. But even then, I just think overall Florida in that passing game is going to be way too deadly uh, for Miami to handle. And even if they can't run the ball, that's okay. They'll just rely on Jordan Travis to throw the ball um, and, and just have a day with them in Tallahassee. Fair enough. Uh, looking at our next matchup here, um, going to Beaver Stadium in this matchup, Number three, Michigan Wolverines take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, This is a Big Ten East matchup, and this has massive playoff implications. Uh, Michigan (coughs) right now is scoring 40.7 points a game. Penn State, 40.2. Very even matchup there. I was surprised to look at that stat. Passing yards, uh, Michigan has 266 a game. Penn State has 231 rushing yards. Penn State has 173, Michigan 167 a game. Opposing points per game is a little bit different. Uh, Michigan is averaging, you know, right at six uh, allowed opposing points a game. Uh, Penn State averaging 11. Opposing passing yards, Michigan has the far superior pass defense, 157 allowed versus Penn State's 202. And then rushing yards, Penn State is enti- like on a different planet compared to Michigan, uh, 60.3 to 90.1 there. Um, looking at quarterback play, J.J. McCarthy versus Drew Aller, 2,134 passing yards for J.J. McCarthy, 1,895 passing yards for Drew Aller. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, 18 touchdowns on the season so far. Drew Aller, 20. Uh, J.J. McCarthy has also thrown three picks, and Drew Aller has thrown one. So Drew Aller, a little bit better um, as far as quarterbacks go, but J.J. McCarthy has shown that it doesn't really matter. 
he can get the job done for the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Blake Corum and Catron Allen are the team's leading rushers, respectively, for Michigan and Penn State. Blake Corum for Michigan has 649 rushing yards on the season. Catron Allen has right at 573. Um, yeah, no, this is going to be a good matchup, mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, Michigan's defense is not what it was last year. They are still very dominant. But this is in Beaver Stadium. Give me the Nittany Lions in this matchup. I'm also going to win over Michigan. I'm also going to give you. I'm. I'm also going to agree with you, and I'm going to pick the Nittany Lions as well. But not. Not for any on the field. I mean, yes, obviously for on the field. Uh, for for on the field st- stats and just on on field performance. But I think a lot of it, for me, anyways, is how focused is Michigan right now. On football, with everything with else going, everything on, yeah. else going on. How focuses that coaching staff? And maybe that's just us trying to stir stuff up, and 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 the national media trying to stir things up. But I, I genuinely believe that this is in the heads of the Michigan coaching staff, and they've got a big game to come up. Uh, they've got a big game coming up, and I think for Penn State, this is just ripe for the pickings. Mentally, this is because football yeah. is is just as much of a mental game as it is a physical game. And I think the mental aspect for Michigan, I just if this were me, I would have a tough time trying to focus on Penn State. But also within the span of this week, the Big Ten could be cracking down on some major, major, major disciplinary actions against the Michigan athletic program. Yeah, um, looking at their last five as well, it's not like Michigan has not been dominant. Um, they beat down Purdue 41 to 13. They beat down Michigan State in our at Michigan State 49 to nothing. Uh, beat down Indiana 52 to seven. Beat down Minnesota 52 to 10, and beat down Nebraska 45 to seven. Uh, looking at Penn State's last five, beat up Maryland 51 15. Uh, close win over Indiana 33 24. Lost to Ohio State 22 12. Beat up UMass sixty-three to nothing, and then beat Northern forty-one to thirteen. Um, so it's not like these teams aren't compatible, or you know they're not legit. Penn State's only loss this year, and correct me if I'm wrong, there uh, is to Ohio State, and Michigan has yet to play Ohio State. The only game that I'm seeing that's kind of an overlap is that Indiana game, but you got to look. Indiana got 50, or 52 points dropped on one week and then 33 the next. You so. know, and Michigan hasn't had a real test this season. This will be their first real test of the uh, of the year. They have not had a true test. Um they've their 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 schedule is cakewalk. Yeah. Their first four games were uh were were a cakewalk Absolutely. for Michigan. And it's been a cakewalk ever since. Uh Penn State kind of, you know, they struggled. They took the L there against Ohio State. Um uh, but this also has big Big 10 East implications as well. If Ohio, I'm sorry. Ohio State has already beat Penn State, right? If Penn State beats Michigan, they need Michigan to beat Ohio State for it to defer to tiebreakers. So that way it's a complete and total wash in Big Ten standings. In Big Ten standings, and Penn State has a better shot, if not the best shot, to get into uh, the the Big Ten championship. Uh, But if Michigan runs the table, then they're going to the Big Ten championship, plain and simple. Um, But if 
Penn State beats Michigan, and then Ohio State also beats Michigan. Ohio State goes to the Big Ten Championship. So uh, if you're a Penn State fan, you really want to obviously beat beat Michigan this week, but also make sure you beat you make sure that Michigan can beat Ohio State for a third year in a row. And again, how focused is Michigan on the football field versus how focused they are with off the field stuff with everything that happened with Connor Stallions and stealing signs. This feels like Houston Astros two point over here. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you really hate it because let's let's do be, you do you let's be real it is no, Michigan. You, you don't hate it. I despise Michigan with all my heart. But not as much as Bama, but I mean, they're or Texas. right up there. Yeah, or Tech. Hornstown. Um, Got to get one in there. Hornstown. Um, no, I think that the best anecdote that I've seen about, and I know we're a few weeks removed from the game, obviously. Don't you hate you, it? For those of you listening at home, you just lost the game. Um, Heel turn. Massive heat. Um, No, but I think the best anecdote that I've seen about the game between Michigan and Ohio State, Ohio State is built to win national championships. Michigan is built to beat Ohio State. But I think they're also built to win national championships. But that's not their primary focus. It's not Ohio State's primary focus either. I would I, w- I would venture to say first take care of the rival. I w- I would say, I would say as it stands right now, Michigan is more primed for national championship status. Ohio State is the one prepping for Michigan because Michigan has beat Ohio State the past two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and they've went to the college football playoffs. Granted, they've lost. Okay, but Ohio State. They have lost to Michigan. They did go to the college football playoffs, but that was just kind of a fluke thing because yeah. USC lost in their in their conference championship game, so Ohio State got put in. Um, I, I think it's the other way around. I think Ohio State is the one that preps for Michigan as it stands right now because they've lost two years in a row, um, and Michigan is the one that is prepped and primed to go to the college football playoffs and national championship status. Respectfully, agree to disagree on that. Uh, moving on to our ACC, or one of our two ACC matchups that we are discussing this week. We already talked about Miami and Florida State. Um, Duke and UNC. Duke is unranked heading into this matchup. UNC is ranked 24. <coughs> uh, UNC is fourth in the ACC, kind of out of the title shot. It's out of their um, – or out of the title game, not title shot. Excuse me. Um their destiny is out of their hands at this point for both of these teams. Um, UNC is the better team offensively, um, allow or uh, scoring thirty nine point one points a game, passing for right over three hundred and thirty, and then rushing for right at two hundred. Duke twenty five points a game, uh, one hundred and sixty eight passing yards, and one hundred and eighty rushing yards. However, where these teams differ is the defense. Uh, Duke is giving up 15.7 opposing points a game. UNC is allowing 23.3. Duke is giving up 191 versus UNC's terrible 260, um, which I can't really say terrible because once we get to LSU, you know, that number's going to be like 400 or whatever. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, And then 
for rushing yards, both teams are atrocious. Uh, 149 for Duke versus 151 for UNC. <sighs> Drake May is the better quarterback out of the two. Riley Leonard has shown that he is not the solution at quarterback for Duke. He is a good quarterback, but he's not the team savior that everyone kind of hoped he was last year. Uh, Riley Leonard on the season, 1,102 yards passing. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Drake May, honestly, I've seen a lot of people say that he's having a sophomore slump. If you look at the stats, no. I, w- I wish I had a sophomore slump that included 20 <laughs> touchdowns and five interceptions. Are you 2, kidding me? Yeah, 2,800-yard passer, and that's a sophomore 20 touchdowns, slump? five interceptions. Wild. No, absolutely wild. And here's what I'll say about Riley Leonard, too. you got to remember, he was bitten by the injury bug. He had to come out of last week's game during like the, the end of the third into the fourth quarter because he re-injured that ankle. And so now he's kind of like touch and go here in practice. I think he is set to play against this game. But, you know, I, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, UNC fans, this is a rivalry that goes from the hardwood to the gridiron. That much I know. But is this that big of a rivalry on football, or is it just like a hardwood rivalry? More basketball. Really? Okay. Yes. So then who who's the bigger rival for UNC? Is it NC State then? I think it's – for football? Yes. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I think when we had Messi on at the beginning of the season, he said that it was NC State. UNC, NC State for but football, to okay. Duke for basketball. Continue to talk, but now I have to I have to figure out who Duke's rival is in basketball. Oh, Duke's primary rival in basketball? Uh, uh, in football, football. Oh, excuse me. Um, no, so on the point of touchdowns, Jordan Waters for the Blue Devils has been electric all season long. Uh, Ten touchdowns so far. Jordan Waters is also the team-leading rusher, 564 yards uh, on the ground for him. Meanwhile, Omarion Hampton, absolutely lighting it up, 1,067 yards rushing, uh, already a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, And Drake May has 26 total touchdowns on the season so far, adding six on the ground as well. Um, I think this is a very good matchup. Duke's defense is making up for their poor offense, I feel like is a good way to describe it. But this is the first time uh, or one of the first times this season where Duke has a healthy offense, like completely and totally healthy. And that's still dependent on Riley Leonard. Uh, As you've said, he's been questionable through the past couple of games. Uh, Looking at their last five, both teams uh, have some losses. Uh, Duke, in their last five, beat Wake Forest 24-21, got blanked by Louisville 23-0, lost to Florida State 38-20, beat NC State 24-3, and then lost to Notre Dame 21-14. UNC, in their last five, beat down Campbell 59-7, Lost to Georgia Tech, 46-42. Lost to UVA, 31-27. Went over Miami, 41-31. <coughs> and then a beat down to Syracuse, 42-7. Um, also kind of feeling the upset here. Uh, I think this Duke team has been a little bit more tested than the UNC team. Uh, but I think UNC's offense is just so electric and red hot. I mean, they're averaging 53 points in their last three games. Granted, two of those games are losses, but 
give me the Tar Heels in this matchup. I'm also got. We're we're really agreeing on this game, but I I, I agree. Give me the Tar Heels on this one. Yeah, I I, I don't like this. I, I pick UNC for this game. I don't like the fact that we're agreeing as much as we are. Update on the rivalry one. Um, there is the Tobacco Road rivalry that Duke has with uh, Wake Forest and NC State. However, their their main rival in football is still North Carolina. Good to know. Duke fans, I'm sure, were screaming at me. <laughs> I mean, what Duke fans watch football, though? Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, college fo- college basketball is kicking off. Um, obviously, you know, LSU women lost in the uh, rough game against Colorado. Um, <laughs> West Virginia lost. I mean, won. They won. They won both games, both men and women. So, yeah, I hear you. Um, no, uh, college fo- our college basketball is kicking off. College football is kind of winding down. Um, this rivalry is better on the hardwood than it is on the gridiron. And I, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, how many classic matchups have we seen between Duke and UNC in Absolutely. college basketball? Roy Williams and Coach K. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't get better than that. Moving on to our Pac-12 matchup. This is a game that I did not expect for us to... Oh, excuse me. Pac-2 matchup. Hmm? You're fumbling, Cole. Why am I fumbling? Because we were going to break up the SEC teams, the SEC game. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We Come start, on, Cole. We started talking about the schedule, but we never finished it. <coughs> uh, so do you want to go Ole Miss or Tennessee? Tennessee. Okay. Moving on to our first of three... SEC matchups that we're going to be covering, yes. uh, with LSU included. The Tennessee Volunteers take on the Mizzou Tigers. Tennessee is 13 heading into this matchup. Mizzou is 14. Uh, Joe Milton versus Brady Cook. Joe Milton on the season, 2016 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Brady Cook, 2,471 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, points per game, both teams are fairly evenly matched, uh, 34.8 to 32.4. Passing yards, uh, Mizzou has um, dead rights, 297 to 249. Rushing yards, the balls uh, take back control, 227 to 148. And then uh, Tennessee dominates on defense, 18.4 points allowed per game. 244 passing yards and 97.3 rushing yards a game. Mizzou is giving up 24 points a game, 247 passing yards, and 114 rushing yards. Rookie numbers, got to bump those up. Not those numbers, not those numbers, not those. Don't bump those numbers up. God, no. Please, Mizzou. Uh, Right now, as it stands at this very moment, Mizzou is second. In the SEC East. They are indeed. A statement that would have been wild to make at the start of the season. Yes. And this game has major SEC champion or SEC uh, East compl- implications because if we go down this rabbit hole, if Tennessee beats Missouri, okay, and Georgia loses to Ole Miss. The next week, it is Tennessee versus Georgia in Neyland. 
Okay, in Knoxville. Both teams have one conference loss on their record so far. Okay. That would mean – I no, are they is it one conference loss for Tennessee? Yes, I think so. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure about that? Is it just Alabama? They've just lost to Alabama. I, think I thought so. there was one more that they in lost conference. To. Yeah. Okay. 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 I in think conference. so. Look it up while. while. Okay. So. No, they lost to Florida. Crap. Dang it! Come on, Cole. Crap. I keep fumbling the bag. Anyways, um, major conference uh, SEC East implications because if Tennessee beats Missouri and Georgia loses to Ole Miss, the next week on November eighteenth, Georgia travels to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Okay, if Tennessee is somehow able to beat Georgia, Tennessee takes the East and they go to Atlanta to face whoever it may be, Alabama or Ole Miss. I think it's Alabama at this point. Yeah, it's it's Alabama. Um, because Alabama's beaten both Ole Miss and LSU. Um, I'm, I'm just saying this was not to rub it in. I'm just thinking out loud here, okay? So, this is the these, these next two games that we're going to talk about. So, we're going to talk about Tennessee and Missouri, and then we're going to talk about uh, some Pac-12 teams, and then we're going to get into Ole Miss and Georgia. <laughs> Cole's in Spain, but without the S. Missouri. Um, anyways, no, we already beat them. You did already beat them, but the question is, can Tennessee beat them? Um, yeah, no. Give me the volunteers in this matchup. I think that Heupel has made his guys aware that they this is a must win for the balls. Uh, Mizzou is cooking with peanut oil right now. Don't don't get me wrong. I think Brady Cook has been the solution that no one thought of uh, for the Tigers this year. But I think Tennessee's defense is going to um, halt that red-hot Mizzou Tiger offense. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, a few weeks ago when – or excuse me, not a few weeks ago. When Mizzou has come up against top-ranked SEC talent, they folded every single opportunity against Georgia, against LSU. Both bad losses. Um, obviously, Tennessee has – uh, the two losses that the one I forgot about, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to take the Tigers. I'm going to go with Missouri beating the Vols and crushing our dreams, <laughs> and um, in in seeing Georgia not go to the SEC East Championship game. I think honestly, this is not the game. Like I think, I I just think that like you said, Missouri is cooking with peanut oil. I, I, I believe that Missouri, it's at home. I believe Missouri can pull out this win over Tennessee. Tennessee is looking good. They're not as deadly and lethal as they were last year with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Joe Milton, don't get me wrong, good quarterback, has done really good things for the Vols, and they can run the ball a lot better this year. But I, I just, I genuinely think that Missouri is the team to beat in the East behind Georgia. And it's going to show here, and I think Missouri gets the win. Fair enough. Now, now moving on to our Pac-12 matchup, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Um, the Utah Utes, number And by eight. the way, this wasn't even a Pac-2 game. This is a Big 10 and Big 12 game. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Um, the former members of the Pac-12, that works, um, number 18, Utah, versus number five, undefeated Washington. 
Washington this season, there is <coughs> no one else on that team that compares to Michael Penix Jr. No one, honestly, no one in the country compares to Michael Penix Jr. this year. He has been on fire. 3,201 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Bryson Barnes for the (laughs) – I don't even want to read it. Bryson Barnes for the Utes, 930 passing yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. However, with the absence of Cam Rising this year from Utah, um, Utah's had to step it up on the ground. Uh, They are rushing right at for a little under 200 yards a game, 192 compared to Washington's 126. Um, Washington is blowing him out of the water in points per game and passing yards, uh, 41.7 points a game compared to Utah's 25, and then passing yards, 387 compared to uh, 173 for the Utes. Utah's defense is better. Utah's rush attack is better. What are the two things that we have always said when you games? Defense wins championships, and if you can run the ball when you want to, you're gonna. The game is gonna turn out really well for you because you can control the clock. Because you can control the clock. Um, Utah's defense is giving up 15.9 points a game versus Washington's 23, and only allowing 226 passing yards versus Washington's 279. Where it gets interesting is Utah's opposing rush yards allowed. versus Washington's 143. That defensive line for Washington has a lot of questions to it, but is still very, very, very threatening. Bryson Barnes has 11 touchdowns on the season. Michael Penix Jr. has 27. Um, Dylan Johnson for Washington has 686 rushing yards on the season. Jaquindon Jackson has 598, but Utah employs a running back committee. So it'll be interesting to see what the Utes cook up for this one. But I can't pick against Washington so far. They've been on a roll. Um, They're undefeated. Last week was their toughest matchup to this point. Uh, besides that Oregon win, uh, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, no, Washington is cooking right now. Give me the Huskies. I'm also going to take the Huskies, and here's why. When Utah is a, is a, is a stout team defensively, okay? Offensively, they're, they're struggling, and that's because Cam Rising isn't back this year. He's out for the year. Just a terrible injury that he had at the Rose Bowl last year. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I have black long. Yeah. Just call me Arthur Morgan. Arthur. When Utah runs into a, a halfway decent offense, minus USC, when they run into like a, a very competent offense, that being Oregon State and Oregon, they just can't hang with them. They can't put up the correct number of the or the correct number of points. The they can't keep up. They're still in control of the clock mode. Oregon, they were only able to put up six points. That's two field goals. And they were only able to put up a touchdown against Oregon State. Okay. Meanwhile, Oregon beats them thirty with 35 points. And Oregon State beats them with two more touchdowns, making it 21-7. to Okay. Washington up against Arizona, who, by the way, is a surprisingly good team under Jeff Fish this year, 31-24. 
And then under the one of the most complete teams in all of college football, that being Oregon this year, they were able to they they were able to dip and duck out of the way of the Oregon Ducks, okay, beating them thirty six to thirty three. Uh, Arizona ah. State. Ah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, Arizona State, uh, they had a tough time with the Sun Devils, uh, fifteen to seven. Stanford, forty-two to thirty-three. Probably shouldn't have scored that much um, to begin with. And then last week, just back and forth, offensive showdown in the Coliseum, fifty-two to forty-two. They beat USC. Um, Emotional scene after the game as well with Caleb Williams uh, jumping into the audience to hug and uh, cry on his mother as well. Would um, you, not a knock at all on Caleb Williams. That when you have that much time invested into the sport, mm-hmm. you know that's one of the things that kind of touches you as a sports fan, where you see that kind of uh, emotion on the field. Did you say? Did you see what he tweeted to uh, about Max Duggan crying last year? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, well then, never mind. I won't say what I was going to say because it would have been really hilarious if you'd gotten it. Oh, where did he criticize Max Duggan? He did. He did because they were like, "How can you not love Max Duggan?" Because Max Duggan was really emo- emotional last year after they were able to. I think it was after either after the um, T, after TCU lost the cha- Big Twelve championship or after they were able they were chosen to go to the playoffs. Can't remember. Kev Williams tweeted, "LOL." Okay. So in my response to Caleb Williams crying, I was going to say "LOL," um, but. <laughs> Mm. Never mind. I it's, take back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, I personally don't care um, that USC does fire this. So, so that's this is no, some more yep. big news. USC fires Alex Grinch. About okay? time. You need a competent defense down there in USC, and they just have not shown that for the Trojans. Um, but I back to Washington. I agree with you. Michael Penix Jr. is just amazing. Just stellar should be the Heisman can it should be the top tier Heisman candidate this year. Um, Besides Jaden Daniels, should be the top tier Heisman candidate this year. Um, Your sound speaks volumes. Yes, um, and Jaden probably was silent for most of the week this week as well, seeing how he couldn't talk with a broken jaw. Uh, possible. Thanks, Alabama. Um. Anyways. Washington, I believe, is just going to continue to roll. Oh yeah, Utah is 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 a really good team. They're really good defensively. Kyle Whittingham has a stout program on there, but I mean, Washington is just a missile, a missile, yeah, zooming through the Pac-12, and I I, I just can't. I'm like you, I can't pick against them. So give me the Huskies. I'm going to pick Washington in this one. Which also. If you look at this, this has playoff implications <laughs> as well. Not they should be not they, necessarily for Utah, but for the Huskies. Yes, if uh, Washington wins out the rest of their games and dominates how they have been, there's no reason for them not to be that number four spot when uh, the loser of Michigan Ohio State drops out of the play or drops out of the top four. I still think that Washington should get the nod over Florida State. I think Washington, Florida State is good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel so secure about Florida State as I do with Washington. Yes, Jordan Travis is good, and they've got a great wide receiving core, and their defense is 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 stout. I just I just have a feeling with Florida State. I don't trust it. I don't trust it, but I do trust Michael Penix 
and um, Kalen DeBoer over in Washington. Yeah, I I, I I trust that because, and here's why, because why, because the Pac-12 this year has had such a stud of a year in their last year. Oregon State is good. Oregon is good. Arizona State gave Washington a run for their money. Okay, Arizona is pretty good this year. They're yeah. six and three on the year right now. Okay, and even then, you can make the same case for Utah. They've been solid all season long, exactly. Despite Cam Rising not being the there, the conference schedule for the Pac-12 has been an absolute gauntlet for any team that's had to go through it. Okay, so I feel just I, I feel like we have seen we have really seen what Washington is capable of versus Florida State, who is rolling past. Just to give you just to give you an idea of their past five weeks here, they've rolled past Tech, who is four and five on the year. Syracuse, who is also four and five, maybe four and six. Duke, they are six and three. Okay, give that to them. Wake Forest, I believe they are only four and five, four and six on the year. And Pitt, who is two and seven, they can't even go to bowl eligibility this year. Okay, so to there's, me, yeah, there's no it is question. A much, the Pac-12 schedule is a much more convincing schedule this year than it has been in years past. And I just feel I, I think that Florida State should be number five, and Washington needs to be in that fourth spot. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I agree like I went on soapbox there and did not mean. No, YouTube. you're good. I think I agree with what you're saying though. Pac-12 has been way more competitive than the ACC has, <coughs> uh, especially this season. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent I think Washington should be in the playoffs. Although it does not matter if you're in the playoffs um, this week, it only matters if you're in the playoffs last week of the season. Yep. Yep. All right. We got the Rebs, and we got the Dogs. The Ole Miss Rebels take on the Georgia Bulldogs, the number nine in the country. Uh, one loss? One loss, Ole Miss. One loss? One loss, right? Ole Miss is a one-loss team. Their only loss coming from Alabama. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, one loss, Ole Miss, uh, versus undefeated unbeaten powerhouses, Georgia. Jackson Dart versus Carson Beck going into QB comparison. Jackson Dart on the season, 2,467 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Carson Beck, 2,716 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. These are essentially the exact same team on offense. Um Points per game, Ole Miss is putting up 38.8. Georgia is putting up 39.3. Passing yards, Ole Miss is putting up 312. Georgia is putting up 331. Rushing, Ole Miss 181. Uh, Georgia 167. Where they differ, <laughs> that Georgia defense is just as potent as it ever was. Not necessarily the world enders that what they were last year. Um, but they're still only giving up 15.4 points a game versus Ole Miss 22.9. Uh, opposing pass yards, Georgia's winning again 196 to Ole Miss's 252. And then rushing yards, Georgia's allowing 100, Ole Miss is allowing 137. Um, this is a, instead of a quarterback matchup, oddly enough, this is a running back matchup. Quinshawn Judkins versus Dejon Edwards. Dejon Edwards, correct me if I'm wrong, is out for this game. Um, he suffered a high ankle sprain 
last week, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just going to clarify that real quick. Deshaun Edwards injury. MCL injury during the preseason. Okay, no, so he's back. Yeah, he's back. Um, so, yeah, this is a running back matchup between Quinshawn Judkins and Dejon Edwards. However, Jackson Dart and Carson Beck uh, lead the team in touchdowns on the season with 23 to Dart and 19 to Carson Beck. As high potent as Ole Miss's <laughs> offense is, um, against Texas A&M, they put up 38. Against Vandy, they put up 33. Against Auburn, they put up 28. Against Arkansas, they put up 27. And against LSU, they put up 55. Um, Georgia, against Mizzou, they put up 30. Against Florida, they put up uh, 43. Against Vandy, they put up 37. Against Kentucky, they put up 51. And against Auburn, they put up 27. Ole Miss is good. Ole Miss is scary good. They can play in a defensive game. They can play in a shootout. We've seen both from them this season. Uh, We saw the defensive game um, last week against Texas A&M. Even though that was still kind of a high-scoring game, it was still a defensive matchup, 38-35. And then we saw them in a shootout against LSU, 55-49. Georgia dominates. They put up points. And then they limit the amount of points that the other team puts up. Um, No team has scored more than 24 points on the Bulldogs so far this year. Give me Georgia. I'm also going to take Georgia in this one. But it's not such an easy pick for me because I don't know how Georgia will do against a mobile quarterback such as Jackson Dart. Just having that little little extra threat on there of like everybody's covered, but – you now have to give up, you know, sometimes if you don't have a mobile quarterback, you can double team a receiver every now and then with Quinshawn Judkins, Quinshawn Judkins and, and a few others. Um, but for for Jackson Dart, you know, you have to give up. If you're double teaming a receiver, just say Quinshawn. Uh, Quinshawn. Quinshawn. Thank you. Quinshawn Judkins. Um, if you have to double team him all the time, well, then that limits where Jack or Dart can throw the ball, okay? However, if Dart, as he can, he's proven before, that he can move with his feet and get out of the pocket and escape, you now have to release that double team and keep a guy watching the quarterback at all times so that way if he breaks loose, you cover him. But then it opens up the passing game a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how that Georgia defense is able to handle a quarterback that's a little bit more mobile because up until this point – they haven't really had to deal with a mobile quarterback um, at, at, if at all. They haven't had to play LSU, so obviously haven't had to have mobile quarterback in that aspect. Uh, didn't really have to deal with it with Arkansas. And that's part of the divisional game as well in the SEC. But for Georgia, I'll just be really interested to see how they can handle a, uh, a, a more mobile quarterback. Even then, though, I think I think Georgia being at home has the edge in this game. So give me Georgia, and again, I think our, our fantasy hopes of Georgia losing and Tennessee winning fall apart again, or uh, they, they, they fall apart here, and Georgia is going to be, after this game, going to be the for sure SEC East favorite, if not the secure SEC East champ to go see Alabama in Atlanta. 
Unfortunately. Um, so that wraps up the six games that we were going, uh, that we think you guys should watch this weekend. Um, moving on to our personal bias games. Uh, it is Saturday night in Death Valley once again as the number 19-ranked LSU Tigers take on the unranked Florida Gators. LSU is still the number one offense in the country. Um, They're putting up more yards than anybody, uh, giving up just about more yards than everybody. (laughs) But... LSU still walks into this game throwing for 341, rushing for 212, and putting up 45 points per game. Florida is not on our level at all. They are uh, scoring 28, passing for 295, and (coughs) rushing for 134. However, Florida's defense is significantly better than LSU's, as we've seen all season. Our secondary is Swiss cheese. You can just cut through it like a knife. Um, LSU's run defense leaves a lot to be desired as well. Um, Florida's defense is allowing 24.7 points a game, allowing 221 passing yards, and allowing 141 rushing yards a game. Where these teams differ is their last five. LSU has three losses on the season. Florida State, Ole Miss, Alabama. We're coming off of the absolute heartbreaker that was Alabama week. Uh, obviously, we lost 42-28. to 28. We beat up on Army 62 to nothing. We destroyed Auburn 48-18. to 18. We beat up Mizzou 49-39, and then we lost to Ole Miss 55-49. And Florida, in their last five, lost to Arkansas, it's pronounced Arkansas, 39-36, lost to Georgia 43-20, beat South Carolina, pretty bad South Carolina team, 41-39, barely scraping by there, uh, beat Vandy 38-14, and then lost to Kentucky 33-14. This is a game that we should not lose. Jane Daniels participated in practice today. Um, barring complete and total disaster, he will be starting uh, against Florida. If Brian Kelly decides to start Garrett Nussmeyer instead of Jane Daniels, Nussmeyer has proven uh, or proved last week in the second half that he, while he is not Jaden Daniels, he is still a very capable quarterback not throwing any kind of interceptions against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, As far as a pick goes, I will remind you uh, just how much better LSU is than Florida. LSU is favored by 13.5. Florida has an 18% chance to win this game. LSU has an 82% chance to win this game. Um. I think that it's a no-brainer slam dunk win. It's a marquee matchup against the Florida Gators. This is in Death Valley. We saw this is actually a sold-out Death Valley. (coughs) LSU posted that on their Instagram today, or LSU football did. Um, 
we saw the atmosphere firsthand, what it's like in a sold-out Tiger Stadium. Um, and, yeah, I can't imagine walking into a more hostile uh, atmosphere for the Gators this season. I, I agree with this one. Um, and we'll say Graham Mertz has kept the ball out of out, out of harm's way a little bit less than Jaden Daniels. It's two less interceptions, but it's two less turnovers that can really change a game there. Um you know, uh, I think I think Florida really surprised us. Florida, yeah, really but really. he has ten less touchdowns. <laughs> he does have ten less touchdowns. Um, I think Florida really surprised us when they beat Tennessee this year. That was unexpected, um, and so I, I feel like Florida can sneak up on you when you're not when you're not when you're not expecting it uh, at all. Uh, odds for this game, uh, I, as you went over before, odds for this game are thirteen and a half for the Tigers. Um, battle of the bayous, I guess, for this one, you know. <laughs> the bayou versus the swamp. Bayou versus the swamp. Oh, yeah, yeah, bayou versus the swamp. There you go. Uh, I forget it's called swamps and not bayous down in uh, Florida. Anyways, um, I, I, an SEC team is definitely going to win this matchup here. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so funny. <sighs> um. Yeah, you know, I can say I the same thing about the Oklahoma West Virginia. Oh, wait, no, I can't say that. <laughs> you know, I was gonna pick a certain team, but now I may just may not. You know, just mm. just it's fine. No, I'm gonna go with LSU on this one, and it, to me, it's also a no-brainer for this. Yeah, just yeah. yes, yeah. That's if here's the thing too. Um, I think. Florida has more of a chance if Jaden Daniels does not play. Mm-hmm. He's still on concussion protocol. Possibly could have practiced today. Has ha, we have no? I've not received any updates. Have you received any updates about him practicing lately? Uh, uh, he did for, practice today, and he he was a full participant. Uh, okay, it looks cool. Looks like he's cleared concussion protocol. Um, Brian Kelly said in a statement uh, in an SEC teleconference call, he worked out this morning and it appears as though the workout went well, which is the last stage before he's cleared for non-contact practice. Uh, so we're expecting him to practice today. If all things go well through practice today, then he'll be cleared for contact on Thursday. So he was a non-contact participant in today's practice. Um, we'll see how tomorrow goes. And then from there, should just be straight on to game day on Saturday. Cool. Cool, sounds good. But, yeah, give me the Tigers on this one. It would not surprise me if Brian Kelly opts to rest Jaden Daniels because at this point we are not competing for an SEC championship. We are not competing for playoff eligibility. Um, and you're not necessarily competing for a bowl spot either because you've you, already clinched it. You've already clinched bowl eligibility. But at this point we are playing for the quality of the bowl game that we go to and trying to give the fans uh, something to remember this team by. Um, that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if Brian Kelly opts to rest Jane Daniels coming into this matchup. But if he does, it'll definitely uh, cause for a closer game this week. All righty. So we're going to pick Tigers. Go Tigers, by the way. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Next up, this this is this is a game that has oddly felt like a rivalry, but it is not a rivalry in that sense. <coughs> Last year it was a heck of a game. It was a heck of a game. We witnessed it firsthand. First time that West Virginia go, uh, welcomes in Oklahoma and beats Oklahoma for the first time as Big 12 members. 
Go ears. This is Oklahoma. Go ears. This is Oklahoma's last year in the Big Twelve before they move on to the SEC next year. Uh, so this is our last shot to really take out Oklahoma here. Uh, this game has conference championship implications. Okay, Oklahoma eliminated from playoff eligibility. Okay, they've got two losses. Now, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but everything's got to go to heck. Yeah. You know, because if 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 a two loss Oklahoma gets in there, what in the world has happened yeah. around college football? Uh, Bama's lost multiple games. Georgia's, Georgia's lost, lost multiple, multiple games. games. Jinx. Washington's uh, lost multiple games at that point. Florida yep. State. There there are 16 teams ahead of Oklahoma. That have lost multiple games. Yes. Um, looking at the stats here, I'm actually rather surprised how well w, how well West Virginia holds up against Oklahoma. Oklahoma does look like more of an Oklahoma of old. Uh, their defense looks better. Their offense is looking a little bit more potent. Okay, the odds for this game are um, in favor of Oklahoma. They are thirteen minus thirteen in favor of of OU. Uh, Dylan Gabriel has thrown for twenty touchdowns and five interceptions, twenty six hundred yards passing. Garrett Green is a 1,500-yard passer with 10 touchdowns and five interceptions. Most of his touchdowns coming on, through, you know, coming from his legs. If we look at it here, Garrett has 18 total touchdowns on the season, whereas Dylan Gabriel has uh, 28. So <laughs> they both have eight rushing touchdowns and are only 10 passing touchdowns apart there. Um. West Virginia right now is putting up on average 31.4 points a game. They're passing the ball for about 207 yards, and they're rushing the ball. They're beating Oklahoma at rushing the ball 218 yards per game versus Oklahoma, who's putting up 177. Grown now, man football in Morgantown. Grown man football with C.J. Donaldson. We get a little bit of uh, bang, pal, uh, thunder, and lightning combo with C.J. and Jaheim White. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then you throw Garrett Green in the mix there who can run run on his own. Uh, I'm passing. honestly surprised that – and I, I know no, this you're fine, is your uh, spot here – um, but I'm honestly surprised that West Virginia doesn't uh, use a two-back set. Sometimes we do. Raheem White and – or Jaheem, Jaheem, yeah, Jaheem White. Excuse me. Um, Jaheem White and C.J. Donaldson with, in the backfield with uh, Garrett Green. But, you know, we almost don't have to because we have Garrett Green. Right. Because that's that's two people that can run the football there. You put in, you put three people out. Now that's that's even more difficult to kind of right. Uh, but but you know we almost don't have to. Uh, here's a stat that's that's kind of sticking out to me right here, Cole. Um, West Virginia is better in pass defense than Oklahoma. <laughs> West Virginia is giving up about 241 yards passing the football. Uh, the, again, our defense secondary can be Swiss cheese at times. Oklahoma is giving up 259 to 260 yards passing the football. You know what's real scary? What? LSU is better in pass defense than Oklahoma is. Woo! And LSU is terrible. So that gives me a little bit of hope there. Uh, we do go play in Norman. Last time we were in Norman, we had a chance to win the win the ball game and didn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't complicate, uh, couldn't, couldn't complicate, couldn't concrete our win, couldn't get things set there. Um, However, uh, they are only giving up 134 rushing yards. Oklahoma is where we're giving up 139. So negligible amount there. Five though. yards difference there. Okay, 
Uh, West Virginia is they are just ready to go down. From what Neil Brown has said this week in his press conferences, they're just ready to go down and just hit them in the mouth. Okay, uh, West Virginia right now. C.J. Donaldson's got 676 rushing uh, rushing yards on the year, with I believe six to eight touchdowns. Not 100 percent sure on that one. Got uh, Devin Carter's got 414 reception yards on the year, and uh, Oklahoma. We have. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, nine <laughs> rushing touchdowns for C.J. Donaldson. Thank you. Nine rushing touchdowns for C.J. Uh, West Virginia is coming off of a two-game winning streak after beating UCF 41-28 to and just absolute domination last week against BYU 37-7. Oklahoma is coming off of a two-game losing streak after losing to Kansas 38-33 to and losing the last Bedlam 27-24 to against OK State. Uh, for West Virginia, here are some things that you have to do. Hudson Clement seems to be hopeful, and uh, he seems to be hopeful in uh, the contest in our contest against Oklahoma. For West Virginia, you've got to do what you did against BYU last week. Get the young guys involved. Throw to Hudson Clement, EJ Horton, Preston Fox, uh, Devin Carter. Even even though he's an older guy, uh, keep throwing to him. Throw to Cole Taylor. Oh my goodness! Keep giving him the ball, um, and continue with the thunder and lightning combo of of uh, CJ Donaldson and, and Jaheim White for Garrett Raheem Sanders. That's what I was thinking of. Raheem Sanders. Said, yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, for Garrett. Got to hit the easy passes that the defense gives you, okay? If your man is a step or two, even two to three steps in front of the DB, hit him in the mouth, hit him in the chest, okay? Right above the numbers. Uh, th- just make the, make the easy throws. And I'm not, I'm not even complaining about his accuracy, but at times it is can be a little high or it can be a little out in front, okay? Or a little behind. It, it, it happens sometimes, okay? He doesn't really have with, – with, uh, he doesn't really have an issue with the low throws, but it's more so – he, he likes to throw it up high, high and uh, and away from you, in front, out in front of you. Which isn't necessarily a negative, because at the pro level, that's going to translate immediately. Yeah. If you throw it high and out front, you're going to be dealing with faster guys at the NFL. Exactly. Um, not necessarily saying that Garrett Green's going to have you know stellar NFL career. That's yet to be seen. Um, but, no, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that limits the amount of overall interceptions uh, Garrett Green's going to throw. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see for this one. Defense, um, front seven's playing great. Grown man football, okay? Secondary, just you did, you did pretty good last week, okay? Didn't force any turn. I mean, you did force turnover. You got a fumble. Didn't force any interceptions, okay? Um you're going up against a more talented quarterback in Dylan Gabriel than you were with uh, Jake Ritzloff last week. So you, you just bow up, bow up, get tight on your man, and don't give them anything. Don't you know? Don't get just. You can give them little stuff, but don't don't give them the big stuff. Don't give them the intermediate stuff. Okay. Uh, don't keep the ball in front of you. Don't be Swiss cheese. Please don't be Swiss cheese. Okay. Because not only does Swiss cheese have a lot of holes in it, but it also stinks. So. You know, let's let's just not be Swiss cheese, okay? Uh, I'm very nervous for this game. This is seven o'clock in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. 
again, the last time that this will be a conference game. So, uh, West Virginia, let's go out with a bang. If we win this game, we are still very much in conference contention, in conference championship contention. If we lose the game, we're out for sure. Uh, and Oklahoma could possibly still get in there. But if we if we could knock Oklahoma out of the conference championship game, that would be amazing. It would genuinely be amazing and put a giant smile on my face. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I have to say. You're not going to hurt my feelings if you pick the Sooners. I understand. It may break my heart a little bit, but you won't hurt my feelings. West Virginia is on a roll in their last two games. Uh, 41-28 over UCF. Make your pick, and then I'll, I'll, have, another, I'll have another point to make. I'm sorry. Uh, 37-7 over BYU. Oklahoma is coming off of two straight losses and are looking to rebound and uh, kind of save their spiraling, spiraling season at this point. Um, while I think that Oklahoma... I think Oklahoma is the better team in this matchup. But I think that Neil Brown has told the West Virginia Mountaineers that they need to punch Oklahoma in the mouth early on, knock their teeth down their throat, and win the ball game. Go ears. Go ears. Go ears. Um, one thing I will say to you, Cole, if – just want to put a hypothetical. If West Virginia were to lose this game and we finish out but, – but we beat Cincinnati and we beat Baylor, okay, that would put us at 8-4 and four and put us definitely into a bowl game, okay? If we do that, do you realize that at that point we will only have beaten a team with a with, – uh, we will only have beaten one team with a winning record? Mm. Texas Tech, or I'm sorry, Duquesne, Pitt, Texas Tech, TCU, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Baylor all have losing records if we mm. were to beat them. Okay? That means Penn State, Houston. Houston doesn't have a winning record. We lost to them. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma would be the, the, the four teams that we have lost to. Penn State. Houston, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Those would have been hypothetically the four teams we lose to. They all have a winning record minus Houston. Okay, is that enough to save Neil Brown's job, or does he have to beat? Does he need to beat Oklahoma, who currently has a seven and two record, four and two in conference, and then win out to make sure that he can secure his job for next season? I will also add a funny little wrinkle into this. This Oklahoma team beat Texas. They did. They did beat Texas. Texas beat Alabama. They did. If West so, Virginia wins here. So theoretically, <laughs> we, we are better than Alabama. You're welcome, Cole. I'm just, I'm just casually. Casually. Casual, super casual. Putting that out on the table. Um, horns down. By horns the way. down. We horns said down. Texas a few times. Horns, horns down. down. Jay, put those horns down. Um, no, uh, I think that Neil Brown, I don't think the athletic director is going to, uh, move on Neil Brown at this point. Um, 
I think that if Oklahoma beats West Virginia pretty soundly, maybe at the end of the season. But I think at this point, Neil Brown has earned his ticket into the postseason. And at, yeah, at this point, he deserves to coach in a bowl game. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Panther Pod. Um, didn't make the 45 minutes call, but we're a little over an hour. Where that's, I think that's okay for, for a preview episode. So. Nice. Uh, but for that, I'm Owen Sapelnik. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.